Welcome back guys, it's Friday, we made it through another wonderful and blessed week I do hope you had a wonderful week, I know I did If you're watching this on the replay, let me say in advance Thank you so much for taking the time to do that I always love seeing your hearts and shares If you're listening to this on one of the podcast outlets Thank you so much for your shares and follows as well For those of you that are normally with me, Monday through Friday on GDT time God's divine time, welcome back, I hope y'all had a wonderful day um, I missed y'all, I did, I did so tonight's lesson, you're probably looking like, what in the world? Which way is it? Right here. Um, what in the world has Torah come up with this time? Hey, Karen, glad to see you. Hey, Mel, um, I figured you were over there. Um, neck, uh, actually, uh, ankle, waist, neck high, and purses, packing those supplies. Um, so let's get into it tonight. We're talking about what's the glue. And you guys know how I love to put my tornado spin on things. So you may be scratching your head. And this is also, I'm going to do this one probably about midway through. Uh, y'all know I like to give away stuff. I'm here and Chewy is too, but sleeping. I tell you, that's the cutest little pup. I just love him. Um, I'm about to spoil him with a uh, with a care box and uh, send it his way. You know what? I'm going to have to make sure I get that out to him. He would love that, but I'll make sure I put something in there for uh, Buttercup too. I believe that's the other one, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm thinking I know it's something with butter, but I do want to know um, about midway through this, uh, just came from the store. I knew you was out running around somewhere because you got a busy day tomorrow. Um, I'm going to make this a prize scope. You know how I love it, right? And this, this one here isn't related to any of my past scopes. Now, this one here, for all my uh, Bible people that know that, we're going to see how real well you do know the Bible. It's a... Uh, let me see. I'm gonna say this one's semi-hard, so we'll do that in about the middle. Um, about the middle, um, and then I also show what the prize is. Y'all know I like giving stuff away, right? Let me share this out real quick before I get started. All right, let's get into it. We're talking about that glue tonight. And you may be saying, what in the world? Glue, what does this have to do with your normal topics, right? All right, I'm going to tell y'all. But first, I want to break down um, a definition. You know, I like to frame everything, put everything into perspective before we get started. So the word um, that I want to look at tonight is love, right? Talking about love. Now, the dictionary definition of love is an intense feeling of deep affection. But you know me, I go to the word. I said, what is the biblical definition of that word? And if we look at 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, the Bible defines it as love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Now, me, as I read, it just gives me goosebumps as I read that, that, that definition from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, as opposed to the Bible definition, right? I mean, the dictionary definition again when i looked it up webster's gave me an intense feeling of deep affection but when you look at the biblical definition of love 
in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, for those just coming in, it really breaks it down. It's patient. Love is kind. It expounds on it. And you're just like, wow, that's the kind of love that I want. Where do I find that type of love, right? A lot of, you know, a lot of us have been in, you know, maybe one, two, three, four relationships. You know, some of us have maybe been through several marriages. Me, I've been in numerous relationships, but I've never um, been married. So I, I can't speak from that perspective. Um, and like I say, I like to stay in my lane. So you'll never see me trying to counsel uh, anybody on marriage or, or doing any scopes on marriage because I've never been married. So that's not something that I can talk about. I cannot drive in that highway, right? Because it's important that we flow in our vein. We don't try and get off in lanes that we, we don't know nothing about and trying to, you know, tell people. But so I, I flow in those topics that I know about. And so I know a lot of the times when we start looking for love, the first person that comes along, you know, your head over heels and you're like, this is the one. Yep, I know this is the one for me. He or she is God. I know God sent her. I know God sent him, right? And, and, and just looking at this definition, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth, always protects always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Now we know from the fleshly perspective, love isn't always trusting, right? Uh, love isn't always protecting. Love, it doesn't always persevere. If that was the case, divorce lawyers would have to find something to do. Amen. Somebody out there agree with me and know what I'm talking about. So where do we find that love? That's where the glue comes in, right? God loves us eternally. There it is. That's the glue that holds everything together and everything from the top to the bottom. That's the glue that holds it all together. And, and sometimes when we're seeking, we're seeking so hard for that fleshly love, that fleshly attention. We're, we're just craving and starving for it. But if we would just turn to that eternal love and we just, like I said, just reading the biblical definition just makes me want to say, oh God, oh glory. It just gets me excited, right? Let me, y'all mind if I read it one more time? Cause it's just, it, it was just, it's just so powerful before I move on and talk about how that glue holds everything together, right? So as I said, the Webster's tells us love is an intense feeling of deep affection. Welcome to those that I just saw um, coming in. But the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 7, love is patient, it's kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not, it is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. I just had to read it one more time. I hope y'all don't mind. So let's get into it. Let's talk about a little bit more about how this glue covers everything, right? God loves us eternally, right? Because his love is incomprehensible. When you think about it, right? Uh, to God, the word love, it, it means something much deeper than it does to us. Clearly shown by the two definitions that I broke down. Webster just said an intense feeling of deep affection, you know? 
Tense feeling of deep infection. Wow, that's, that just don't give me no kind of goosebumps or thrills at all. But when you read that biblical definition from 1 Corinthians and just the detail, the passion that's in it, right? It has a deeper meaning to God than it does to us. And we're reminded of that in John 3.16, that famous verse, right? God gave his one and only son in exchange for us. An unselfish love, right? So we can't fully understand God's love and grace, right? But we know that in our many, we're dead in our many sins, but his love still encompasses all of that. You know, it, um, God is infinite, but you know, us as creatures, we're finite, right? We have to depend on him for everything. Now, by definition, creatures depend on their creator for their very existence and are limited in all aspects, right? Uh, we have to go and seek resources, but God has all the resources he needs. We have to depend on him. Even the people now that are creating, you know, the different lab projects, the different lab animals, and they're looking at that knowing, um, you know, those animals are going to need to depend on them. They're going to need more, right, Karen? We are. Um, you know, they're going to need their care. They're going to need whatever hormones, whatever um, they've, what's the word I'm looking for? Whatever they designed them with, you know, concocted is more the word to come up with these, you know, different, um, breeded animals that they're creating in the labs. Hey, Trish, glad to see you. You know, so, um, from that manly point now to me, going back to that diff, um, Biblical definition in 1 Corinthians is not self-seeking, but when you're creating things um, as man and knowing that they have to be dependent on you, to me, that violates 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. You're creating things and people to be uh, as self-seeking. You're wanting um, people to have to come to you and depend on you for everything. You're stripping the resources, right? But God provides what we need, and his love is just incomprehensible. The next way his glue works, right? For those that are coming in that are like, what's this title here? What's the glue? God loves us eternally. His love is unbreakable. Nothing in all creation or space, nothing can change the love that he has for me are you right the an unbreakable love if we look at romans 8 37 and 39 there's our reminder right there no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us for i'm convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither present nor future nor any powers neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Hey, sister-in-law, God is the glue that we should stick to. Amen. Come on now, Karen. That's what I'm talking about. What's the glue? God loves us eternally. Hey, sister Regina, and we have to if we just really think about that, and for those that are just coming in, I gave, you know, I like to uh, frame everything uh, and from a foundation perspective, right? So I gave the dictionary definition of love. 
an intense feeling of deep affection. But then we went through 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, that really expounds on it, that biblical definition of love. And it's just so deep, not self-seeking, not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. We know fleshly love can keep a whole list of uh, records of wrong, especially if you haven't spoken to someone in a while and you're kind of timid about going to them because you know it's generally in their nature and, and you got to hear everything that you need to apologize to them for before they'll accept your apology or either uh, come and say, you know what, L let's just put all of this aside, right? Uh, we know uh, that human, that flesh like to keep record of wrongdoings. Even, you know, what it, you know, people come out of prison, they've served their time, but what do they still have? It, it keeps a record, you know, not able to find jobs. People are constantly looking Looking at them, you know, which causes the recidivism rate to be so high. They come out, they go right back in, right? Or people are constantly looking at them. Oh, look at that old convict. Mm -hmm, he ain't no good. He ain't gonna be nothing. Yeah, look at her. She spent half her life in prison, you know? As humans, we like to keep records of wrongdoing. But if we're gonna stay in accordance with the scripture, with the biblical context of this, right? It says, it keeps no record of wrongs, right? But we like to archive those things. Uh, how we say, mm-hmm, I'm going to put that in my back pocket. I'm going to save that for a rainy day. But if we're coming from that biblical perspective, if we're proclaiming and saying that we are Christian, that we are truly, um, you know, of the body. We're truly working uh, for salvation of souls to build the kingdom. We keep no record of wrongs that comes in. And, and just like the father looked down the road and saw that prodigal son and didn't even give him a chance to come up with his story that he was going to give to him. He just said, you know what? And he ran to greet him from afar, if you're familiar with that package. Hey, Dr. Tammy, glad to see you. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um... Thank you so much for coming in, right? So that's how we have to look at this. We have to, uh, we can't do things that are self-seeking. Uh, uh, we can't become easily angered because that puts us outside of the scope of the biblical definition of love. But that glue, God loves us eternally. His love is unbreakable. Everything in existence is a result of God's love, right? Every one of us has been brought into existence by his love. He, know, he, he knew us before we were formed in the womb. All of the hairs, if you lose one in the pick, if one falls out on the floor, he's able to say, well, Karen done lost uh, strand hair number 2,645. That's how much. You know, he loves us that much that he knows every little thing. And that reminds me, what was the... Um, What's the movie? Stomp the Yard. Y'all ever seen that movie? And one of my favorite parts in that movie, um, you know she's in between, one of the characters is in between relationships, right? So the new younger guy comes along. There, There's the other guy she's been dating for a while, Mr. Self-Boasting, Mr. Envious, Mr. Proud, right? That's who she was previously dating. But the other guy comes along, and um, he said to her, he said, you know, your favorite color must be green. And she said, well, how did you know that he said well every time i see you you got on green eyeshadow you're wearing green and, and i believe he said your um you know your earrings you know he named off all of this stuff that was related to green and she was just like wow so when she went with the guy you know that she was you know her family everybody wanted her to be with she happened to ask him and say 
Grant, what's my favorite color? He like sitting there with the ring in his hand ready to propose and he just named blue, red, no, wait, uh, purple. You know, he's just trying to come up with colors. And she just looked at him, and that was her answer. But this guy that was saying, hey, I love you. I want to be with you. He, he, was, he had watched her and studied so closely, right? That's the way that God does it. He, he already knows every little thing, every scar before we get it, every, the things that we like to try and hide, right? Ooh, I don't like this pen. Ooh, I got this big old scar. You know, and I've told you guys, I have one probably about this long down my leg. I used to not even want to wear shorts because I wanted to cover it up. I went through a vent. Now, mm -mm, that's, I don't have no problem with that scar. God knew I was going to get that scar long before I got it. And he still loves, right? But humans will look at us and see scars on the outside or blemishes mm, mm -mm. judgmental but the scriptural definition of love it rules all of that out it does not dishonor others it does not point out things oh mm -hmm, your face messed up oh did you know um your teeth are you know you're missing a few teeth you know things that we don't need people to tell us but they're quick to remind us of oh girl you know y'all somebody out there know what i'm talking about right oh you know you can stand to lose a few pounds girl you getting fat you don't think I know that when I put my clothes on? You know, even though I try and convince myself that the dryer is shrinking everything that I own. But thank you for confirming that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Amen. So let's keep on going here, right? Also, his love is unbreakable. Even in the midst of struggles and difficulties, we can be confident. 100% confident of God's love that there is no limit to it. That's part of that glue. God loves us eternally. Amen. And it just brings a smile to my face to think about that, right? His love is also immeasurable. Ain't no measuring stick. Ain't no measuring cup. You can't line it off. You can't mark it off the way they go down the road and they mark off the footage that they need when they get ready to start doing construction. We cannot measure his love. There's no limits to it, right? If we look at Ephesians 3, 17 through 19, scriptural receipts, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you may be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Right there, scriptural receipts, right? Lastly, with that glue, that ever-loving, eternal loving glue, nothing can separate us from that. I, I speak to people on so many occasions that are telling me, but Tori, you don't know, you know what I used to do. You don't know the things that I've done in my life, right? You don't know the things that have been done to me that I became reactive to, the actions that I've done. And I just simply say, repent and say, Father, I'm ready to come home because nothing can separate us from his love. We beat ourselves up. He's like, child, I have forgiven you for that. But we sit and wallow and hold anger, you know, even uh, to the point where we can't even figure out exactly, are we more mad at the person that harmed us or are we more mad at ourselves? It just all becomes mixed up together and, and, and we just lose track. Next thing you know, 
know a year's passed since the incident, uh, incident, five years, 10 years, 20 years, and we're still beating ourselves up for that thing, right? And God's just saying, man, 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 I have such immeasurable love. I've said, I'm telling them, you know, in the scripture, right? Let it go. And clearly it's important, you know, not only in scripture, but if we look at it, the word love is mentioned more than 700 times in the Bible, right? His love for us is just way more than we'll ever be able to understand. All we need to just do is be open to accepting that and spreading and expressing that to others, right? Because as I always say, it's not about filling that, that, that membership count, right? It's not about filling the pews. It's not f- about filling a, a, a entire stadium and saying, ooh, to the weed, ooh, holy hot pepper. I finally got me a mega church. I got 80,000 people coming here. But if you got, yes, we are harder on ourselves than God, not realizing that he forgave us a long time ago. Come on now, somebody with me. I knew somebody was with me out there. Come on, sister-in-law. That's what we have to realize. And once that thing clicks, ain't no stopping it. You know, we repent and we go on. We stop beating ourselves up. If we need... um you know, that, um, what, what is it? Therapeutic. If we need counseling help, if we need therapy, whatever it is, we seek that so we can heal and move on, right? Because depending on what the trauma is, what it is that's happened to you, even, you know, with the uh, once you've went and you've gotten the scriptural foundation, you may need to seek counseling help. You may need to be part of a group to work through that thing, right? And there is no shame in that. As much as society likes to put a stigma on and say, oh, you crazy girl. I wouldn't be going to no counselor. Them can- you know, come on now, somebody. If you need help, there is no shame in that. Seek the help that you need so you can get the healing and be able to fully open up your arms and your eyes and your heart and say, you know what? God does love me. It's time to move on with my life. I'm going to let this thing go. And, and we go back and we stand on that scriptural foundation of 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 7. And as we're trying to bring people in and get other souls to salvation to know how powerful, right, his love is, how encompassing, immeasurable it is, that's what we relay out there, right? We aren't relaying out, oh, yeah, if, uh, you, you come to Christ. You're going to have every blessing that you ever wanted. You're going to be decked out from top to bottom. Mm-mm. We got to stop that. We've fallen short. We've fallen short of the scriptural context here because this is about the salvation of souls. That's what this is about. This isn't about the salvation of freedom of what people like to call salvation of mind because we know that money does not cure all, right? So we need to bring this back. We need that revived word. We need that authentic word back in our ministry as we go along. Amen. Catch that. Remember that revised, uh, revived hope. That's what we need. We need that authentic word. Somebody going to catch that here soon, right? Cause I'm going to come back with something on that. So as we have went through this, talking about that glue that holds it all together, God loves us eternally. His love is incomprehensible. His love is unbreakable. His love is immeasurable and nothing, nobody can do 
or say can separate you from that. And if anybody tries to tell you otherwise, you look them dead in the eye and say, you a lie and the devil is a lie. That's how you handle that one. And you go on about your business and say, mm-hmm, give it a clap. Mm, praise God. And you walk on off and you just celebrate as you walk off, right? So, um, as I just mentioned, right, um, uh, initially, we could do this as a, um, as a prize scope, because I was like, man, I ain't giving nothing away, so I need to give something away. And I said, well, man, I know I have a lot of new people that watch, you know, so I'm not going to use one of my scopes this time. I'm going to come um, from the word, right? And, and let me wrap it out like I always like to say. I hope you heard something that maybe made your heart flutter a little bit more. And even for those of us that are already walking deeply, you know, with the Father, and we know that he loves us eternally, I hope it fuels something to where you be like, I got to call somebody. I got to go out in the highway, the byways and the hedges. I got to get me some tracks tomorrow and I got to get out there. I got to bring in a few more souls to build this kingdom, right? I got to tell somebody about this. The same way when, when good things happen, you know, those blessings come down and we quick to call people and say, girl, you ain't gonna believe what happened. We need to do it that same way. Just call somebody out the blue. Girl, you ain't gonna believe this. And when they say, girl, what? Be like, you know what? God is the glue. God loves us eternally. And they may look at the phone like, oh, Shada lost her mind. Be like, girl, I just had to tell you that. If you want to know some more about it, I'll be glad to tell you. But if you ain't got time right now, I can call you back when you want me to call you back. That's how you do that, right? So uh, put a little spin on it. All right. All right. So our message tonight for those that came in late, what's the glue? We discussed God loves us eternally. We broke down the Webster's definition, but we also gave the biblical definition of love. First Corinthians 13, four through seven was our scriptural foundation. We talked about how God's love, eternal love, that glue, his love is incomprehensible, unbreakable, excuse me, immeasurable and nothing nobody says or does can separate us from that love, right? Until next time, walk good, do good, be good. I love y'all. I really, really do. Be purposeful, be intentional and go out and spread the glue. Go watch it. Like I said, walk up to somebody and be like, have you heard about the glue? And when they scratch their head, be like, yeah, God loves us eternally. Let me tell you about it. Bring another soul, leave that 99 and go look for that one. Just look out and be like, yeah, let me go over there and get that sheep. Y'all 99 stay right here. I'm going to be right back. I got to go over here and bring this one sheep on back home. That's how we do it. That's how this works. All right. I love y'all. I'm out of here. You all know the Torah. 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 Nato. 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 Nato.